You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about hand signals. Hand signals both from the setter, hand signals from the coach to the players, as well as verbal cues. One word, two word verbal cues that will help you uh, communicate with your teammates or rather your players much better on the court. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 83 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And I hope today to, again, deliver some great value that you can take back to your gym and apply to your team right away. Uh, Before we start... I just want to thank everyone for coming out to my volleyball workshop that I had last weekend. Uh, we had a lot. We had hundreds and hundreds of coaches in there, and it was it was fantastic to see the growth uh, in such a little time. And I was really happy with the feedback. So, if you were a coach that attended, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, it means the world to me that you took the time out of your schedule to come, listen, uh, watch, learn, observe, and provide feedback. And that was fantastic. And during the workshop, we had a ton of conversation going in the chat. And I really appreciate you guys being uh, super um, interactive with it. So that was really great. And I want to welcome our, our new members, our new Digital Volleyball Academy members into the memberships, into the membership. I just uh, opened doors last week uh, and uh, we welcome a great group of coaches and I can't wait to get to work with them and really take their coaching to the next level and hopefully I can provide them with that route, that map to do that. Um, and if you weren't able to make my free workshop, that's okay. Uh, I will have another one, you know, probably in a couple months, you know, every, every couple months or so I like to have these free workshops so I could, you know, really try to reach as many coaches as possible. And normally at the end of these workshops, I always open doors to Digital Volleyball Academy um, to welcome that new group of uh, coaches in. So that's all right. It's all good. Uh, I mean, I'll have another one in a couple months. And if you missed out on the DVA invite, that's okay. Again, doors will open in a few few months as well. And if you don't know what Digital Volleyball Academy is, it's my signature membership where, as many of you know, I get to mentor and help coaches all around the world by providing them with my resources behind the scenes to our gym. I do a lot of live training with our members and just basically helping them go from where they are now to where they want to be. And I show them how to get there. So that's DVA in a nutshell. So if you missed out on this opportunity, no worries. Sign up for the waitlist. You can go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com, sign up for the waitlist. And the next time doors open, you will hopefully this time, definitely be ready to enter. All right, so let's get to today's episode. We're going to talk about some hand signals today, some verbal cues, hand signals. You know, in our game, you're you're in a loud gymnasium and there's so much going on. And, you know, by the time a play's over, the ball is being rolled over. Or if you're at the next level, um, one of the ball carriers will be throwing a ball to the server and serving's happening really quickly. So there's not a lot of time to interact with your players on the coach. You may be able to get a word or two in, but, you know, and in our game, with volleyball, um, it's different than other sports. After every point, most of the time, athletes come together in a circle, 
say their one-two, give a clap or whatever the case is, and then they move back on the court into their rotation. By the time that happens, you have little to no time to communicate with your players, anything for that matter. So how can we maximize our ability to communicate with our players in the game, in such a fast-paced game and where there's not a lot of coach-player interaction well, as much as you'd like there to be? Well, we have hand signals that help with that. And normally, your hand signals are going to be between you and your setter. So your setter is responsible for running your offense. And your setter can have a variety of different hand signals that they are going to communicate with their players so that your players can know what the play call is or what you're running during that uh, particular rotation. So I want to just, I, I want to just talk, um, I want to talk about the hand real quickly because I want to make sure we're all in the same language. So I'm going to go through each finger on your hand to make sure we're calling it the same thing. So we all know what a thumb is. So if you're driving, don't look at your hand. But if you're not driving, look at your hand with me right now just to make sure that we're on the same page. So starting with, let's say we're using our right hand, okay? I'm going to speak from the position of using our right hand. The very left is your thumb, okay? So your thumb. After your thumb is followed by your index finger, Okay, so right after your thumb is your index finger. Then we have your middle finger. Okay, then we have your ring finger. And then we have your pinky. All right, so starting from the thumb, we have the thumb. Then we have the index finger. We have your middle finger. We have your ring finger. And then we have your pinky. So if I say, if I say oh, on your ring finger or on your middle finger or your index finger, you now know what I'm talking about. All right, I mean, I'm sure you already know this, but I want to make sure that in case anyone doesn't, we are all covered, okay? So in our game, there is a lot of opportunity for us to communicate with our setter, and your setter has to communicate with the players on their side of the floor. And normally, that's going to be prior to the opponent serving the ball. When the opponent is serving the ball, actually, I shouldn't even say that. It's prior to anyone serving the ball, your team or the opponent. And what's going to happen is the, the setter is going to pull their shirt out so the other team can't see what they're doing, and then they're going to do a signal to the rest of their team. And here is how the signals work. And it's very, very. I'm, I'm going to give you a basic, basic playbook here. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a playbook. All right, that, will, that you can use, you can change, you can modify, whatever you want. But this is a little bit of a simple playbook. So, with all your fingers closed and you raise your index finger, that's number one, right? So it's like saying number one. So your index finger is the only one that's showing. That would be your play call number one. And that is normally, in many gyms, when someone does a number one and they're hiding this behind their shirt, that's normally a quick attack, a 51 AK quick attack. That's normally what it is. Another uh, way to communicate the quick attack in our game is the money sign. So if you take your thumb and you kind of brush it against your index and middle finger, like, you know, money, 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 money. You know how you do the money sign where you're brushing your thumb against your fingers? That's the money sign. So the money sign as well is another way of communicating with your middle that you're going to run a quick attack and letting the rest of your team know that on the first in-system ball, we're going to try to run a middle, a quick attack. All right. So that is when you have your index finger and the rest of your fingers, sorry, your index finger is up and the rest of your fingers is closed. The second uh, play call could be a number two. So now you're, you pretend your hand is closed. So if you're driving, you're gonna not want to do this. But if you're not driving, you can you can do this with me while uh, while you're listening to this episode. You can have your fingers have have um, your hand in the form of a fist. So all your fingers are in. Then you're gonna have your index finger out and your middle finger out. So you're showing the number two. 
So index finger and middle finger are out showing the number two. And your number two, again, there's, there's no right or wrong way to do this, but generally speaking, your number two is when the middle is going to run a different route. So they're probably going to run a 30, a 31, a little bit of an inside shoot type ball. That is normally a two. All right. So a one is a 51, a quick attack. A two is like when your middle is running, not a 51, but a little bit pushed over more, a 31, a 30, a 40, a, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call that ball where the middle is not going into the setter, but away from the setter. All right. Then you can have a three and you can have a three however you want, right? You see three fingers are up. You can do a variety of things. You can do the last three fingers. So your pinky, your ring finger, and your middle finger. You can do the first, um, you can do the uh, index finger, the middle finger, and the ring finger. However you want to have three fingers up is entirely up to you. But that is another play call as well. And again, there is no right or wrong way for what a three could be. A three could be a tandem. It could be a special play. It could be a variety of different things. Maybe the, the left side runs a different route. A three could be whatever you want it to be. Um, but a three is an also another option you can use with your hands to communicate to your players what you're going to be running. Um, you can have a thumbs up. Okay, so all your fingers are closed and your thumb is up, just like a regular thumbs up signal. And a thumbs up could be, again, it's whatever you want it to be. Uh, normally, I've seen a lot of coaches do a back quick. So your middle is going to go behind the setter to run a back quick when there's a thumbs up. And that lets the rest of your team know middle is going to go behind. So we're going to try to free up the left side for a one-on-one -on -one as well as have the middle go behind the setter. Okay. Um, you can do um, a shoot. It's a very another popular play in volleyball. A shoot. It's a fast set to the outside or the middle, for that matter. Uh, but normally, it's to the outside. And you can have um, you could you can kind of put your fingers like a gun, like in the way of a gun, like a shoot. So there's many ways of doing this. You could have your thumb up. So again, if you're driving, you know, don't do this. But if you're not, you can look at your hands and do this with me. You can have your thumb up, your index finger out, and your middle finger out with the rest of your fingers closed. And your middle finger and index finger are going to be together. They're not going to be separated. They're going to be together with your thumb pointed up. So it's kind of like a, a gun. It's like the shape of a gun. And that would be a shoot. Thus, the, you know, there's a little play on words there. That's your shoot. You have a signal of a, of a gun with your hand, and, um, and that's the signal a shoot. And that could be an inside shoot. It could be a shoot with the left side, however you want to run your shoot. That's another way you can do it. Okay. Another type of play you can have is um, an X. So an X play. So this is, you're going to take your index finger. Okay, so let's close our hand. So again, if you're driving, don't do this. Close your hand. Uh, raise your index finger and raise your middle finger. So now you have two fingers up and you're going to cross those fingers over. And that is replicating an X. So when your fingers are crossed, so your index finger and your middle finger are crossed over, that is an X. And that is... Um, now, this episode isn't really about offensive play, so if you don't know what an X is, uh, really quickly, an X is when your middle comes in for a quick attack, you set the ball over your middle, and then your right side, your opposite hitter, comes in for the kill. So it's basically your opposite and your middle are running the route of an X. And I mean, you can always Google or, or YouTube this and see what it is, but I haven't, I haven't actually done an, a, a podcast episode on different offensive plays. Maybe one day I'll do that one. But nevertheless... Um, this is uh, absolutely a play that is utilized and it's very, very, very common. All right. Um, there are other different things you can do with your hands. You can have your all your hands closed. So a closed fist, that can be another one, a closed fist. Uh, your 
pinky is another one here. Your so let's close our hands again. If you're driving, don't do this. Close your hands. You can raise your pinky finger. You can raise your index finger, and that is another call. So all your other hands are in, except all your other fingers are in rather, except your index and your pinky. That's another play call. You can have the same thing, index, pinky, and now you can bring your thumb out. So you have three up. You have your pinky, index, and thumb. Now that's out. That could be another play call. All right, so there are many different play calls. And then sometimes, even even uh, outside of just playing that and uh, stretching your shirt out to hide it, another very common one that you may see is, is the pipe ball. The pipe ball is when the backcourt person out of six is making a backcourt attack. And that is when um, normally the setters will hit their thigh they will contact their hand with their like their thigh, but the hand is going to be a very straight hand. It's really, really hard for me to describe over an audio episode, but basically take your hand, okay? Um, put all your fingers together. Your hand is open, by the way. So open hand, fingers are kind of bunched up together, and you're just hitting your thigh, but you're, but you're shielding it. Because if you're a setter, think about this. If you're a setter, you're setting, and your body is facing the sideline, which means your shoulder is facing the net. So they can't see what you're doing to the left of your body. So your left thigh will be signaling the pipe ball. But in reality, everybody should be, your pipe hitter should be running their lane uh, regardless. Like they should be running that lane consistently. So it, it doesn't really matter. Um, that's what they're supposed to be doing anyways. Okay. So let's just take a little count of so far all the different play calls we've had. We've had um, your finger, your one, your two, your three. We've had thumbs up. We've had thumb up and index and index finger and middle finger out. That's your shoot. We've had crossover, your index and middle, which is your X. We've had hand closed. We've had pinky and index finger, and we've had pinky, index finger, and thumb out. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And we could do a, we, we could do a lot more things with our hands too if you wanted to do. You could have you could have four fingers up and your thumb in, right? Now I'm getting a little complicated, but you can literally have nine or 10 easily different play calls with one hand without getting a second hand involved. Isn't that crazy? And, and I'm sure there's more combinations. I'm just giving the, the generic, the very popular ones in our game. So that is something. Now, here's the purpose of this. And we, we kind of talked about this before. In a game, it's very fast. You don't have time to explain things. Now, hopefully, if you're at a level where your setter is making these play calls on their own, and that's fantastic, you're not really signaling them too much. But this is something that you have to figure out with your team. Well, not with your team, but yourself and your coaching staff. What are, What is your playbook look like? Whatever level you're at, that's going to be up to your level. If you're if you're only doing two or three different routes, then that's easy. That's a simple playbook. But if you're at a higher level where you're running where you're running multiple different routes, then we have to understand that there may be different. It might get really complicated. So you have to go over this with your team. Maybe I would I would print out a PDF uh, and and oh, I shouldn't say print it out. We're we're in 2022 where we're email where everything's digital. So have a digital copy of, of your playbook. And that's what it is. Now, understand something else to coaches. When I say playbook, this isn't football. So we don't have an in-depth playbook or basketball. We're running like different, it's where we're setting screens and running this, this person's doing this, this person's doing that. A playbook is literally what kind of ball is your setter pushing? That's what your playbook essentially is offensively wise, not defensively, offensively wise. What kind of ball is your setter pushing? And what are the routes your players are going? Now, most of the time, all of these plays that your setter is going to be running revolves around your middle, 
Your middle is going to be responsible for running most of these play calls. You know, the 51, the 30, the back quick, some it's like the X, your middle, even though your middle is not hitting the X, they're still involved in that play. So it's important that most, like, and I, I've talked about this in the past, where your offense is predicated around where your middle is running and the routes that they're running. So understanding that is important to when you're formulating your offense. And again, when you do do these do this offense and when you are coming up with these signals, make it simple, make it easy to understand. So like the really, really simple playbook is number one, like one is a, a quick attack and two is a 30. Done. That is a simple playbook where when your setter goes up there, their only decision is to go one or two. And based on that, your middle knows where they're going, and that's how you run your offense. And you could be a competitive team just running those two. Seriously, just running those two, you could be competitive. You want to make it even more competitive? Throw in a third one in there where it's a back quick. So maybe you have your thumbs up or your number three could be a back quick. Now your middle is running three different routes, and that is a that is a good playbook, in my opinion, for younger teams, even 16, 17U teams. I think that's a phenomenal playbook. Yes, there is no special plays like tandems and X's, but how often are you going to run a tandem and an X in a game? Let's honestly, coaches, when you have a match, you ask yourself, in a single match, in a tournament, let's just, let's go even tournament, how many times is an X or a tandem ran in a tournament? I bet you couldn't even count it on one hand. So that's... You know, that, that's, that's what you have to understand your league and your personnel on your team to see what your playbook is going to look like, okay? Now, there are other things that we want to use these hand signals for as well. And the other one that I want to talk about is what your middle is communicating with their back row. This is something else that's important. So when your middle is communicating with your back row, they're going to be telling them something very uh, specific for where they're blocking. Now, a middle blocker is normally a single blocker, and they can't block the entire back row. It's impossible. So they normally are going to be taking an area away. They're either going to take away one or they're either going to take away five. So when your middle is at the net before the serve is made, now this is normally done either while we have the ball serving or communicated before the other team serves. But if we're serving, you're going to have your three players front court at the net, bunched at the net. And your middle blocker is going to signal to their backcourt what they're taking away. Are they taking away five or are they taking away one? And that is as simple as putting their hand behind their back and either doing a one or a five behind their back. And when they do that, the the most important player that needs to know that is the player in position six. Because if the middle is taking away five, then the player in position six is going to shift over their defensive position to one. If the middle blocker is taking away position one, then the player in position six is going to shift over to the area five. So it's important for the middle blocker to communicate that with his backcourt or her backcourt so they know. And it's important for the libero, the player in position five, and the player in position one to know this as well. But more importantly, it's really important for the player in position six to know this as well. All right? So that's middle blocker communication to the backcourt. Another form of communication is serving. Ooh, signals for serving. Well, the easiest one is coaches doing this. So coaches, many of you guys would have seen this already. You have your clipboard, you hide your clipboard or you, or you hide behind, you hide your hand behind the clipboard um, so the other coach or the other team doesn't see it. And then you signal where you want your player to serve. 
And it's really simple. There are six positions on our court. You have five fingers. So position one, two, three, four, five is on your fingers. And then to um, to call for to serve to position six, you just close your fist. And you close your fist, that's position six. So if you want your player to serve to a specific area on the other side of the court, you hide, you, you put up your clipboard or you go over, you hide. You can put, you can put your, pull your shirt too and do it behind your shirt, no problem. And you put up one of the six positions with your hands. And that way that player will know that's where you want them to serve to. All right. So that is how you can signal serving. Now we can go a little bit further, which I will. And we're let's talk about some some verbal cues. Now, verbal cues are things you call out on the bench. So you're a coach, you're going to call out some things. But with verbal cues, you have to make sure that you're not saying too many words. I would argue you should only say one. One word is all they need to hear to understand what you want them to do or what's going to happen. Um, now. Players, when players are on the court, this is very common when a left side or middle or whatever, if they're running a certain route and they want a certain ball, they'll call like a hut, a go ball, a tempo, right? These are verbal cues that they're using on the court to communicate with their setter what they want. So if a, you know, if a left side passes the ball and they want a fa- they're in rhythm and they want a fast ball, they may yell, hey, tempo, 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 or go, go ball, go ball, go, go. And, and something like that will be a simple verbal cue that the setter will hear and will act accordingly. So very, very simple. You know, uh, I'll give you a couple examples of some verbal cues I just mentioned, a hut, a go ball, a tempo. Um, there's a couple other things you can talk about with the middle. Um, I actually just uh, I, I posted an Instagram. Uh, go to my Instagram, Brian Singh underscore Coach B, where I talk about a push ball with the middle. So a middle could be yelling push. A middle could be yelling thirty. Uh, a push ball is a specific distance between uh, the middle and the setter, which is six feet normally, depending on your gym. So the middle, let's say for example, the middle can't get to the route that they want it to run, and it can only get to six feet away from the setter. They may yell push, push, push. And then when the setter hears the middle calling for a push, they will know, oh, he can't, he or she can't get to whatever we were calling before. They're six feet away from me. That's my option. So one word, one word cues um, players can use on the court to help them communicate better to make sure you're maximizing your opportunity to score. All right. So those are one word cues. The other thing we can talk about in terms of coaches is um, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can, you can run out, like run plays, you know, let's, uh, you can, you can do color combinations. So you could have a red, a blue, yellow, black, you know, like there's a lot of different things you can do. And that sometimes that signals to your setter, what type of play they want to run. So like, let's say you're running a 51 base offense, meaning you want to run a quick attack instead of, instead of hand, hand signaling to your setter that that's kind of what you want them to do. You can yell, uh, blue, or you can yell, hey, blue O, blue O, or O blue, or blue, whatever you want to, whatever, however you describe your type of offense, that's what you can do to signal to them. So instead of doing a signal, you can just make one call, you know, blue. One thing that we, we've done, and you guys can, we, well, you can experiment with this too, is, is defense. There's a lot of different defensive schemes in our game. So as a coach, if you're thinking about this, you can sit down and say, okay, well, there's perimeter defense. There is a, also known as six back defense where your player in position six is further back into the court. There's six up defense where the player in position six is closer to the attack line and the, and the player in position one or five are further back. 
There is uh, rotational defense. So rotational defense is where uh, you're trying to make sure the setter doesn't touch the first ball and you're covering tips. This is not an episode where we get into that, but that's another form of defense. There's also a form of blocking called bunch blocking versus spread blocking. Uh, Bunch blocking is where your blockers are a little bit closer to the middle of the court, helping out with the middle and pipe ball. And then you have spread blocking where your players, literally the way it it sounds is spread, your players are spread across the net evenly. So you have all these different types of, of defensive and blocking systems and what if you want to change in the middle of a match what if you want to change your blocking or your defensive scheme so you would need beforehand to come up with all your defensive and blocking schemes right bunch block spread block defense looks like this you can say bunch one may represent a bunch block where your backcourt looks a certain way versus bunch two you can have spread one spread two you get all these different variations of defense but how do you communicate that in a game if you notice that a team is tipping how do you communicate quickly to your team without burning a timeout that you they're they're going to tip so let's set up our defense to cover tips that would be a simple play call beforehand so you might say d1 or d2 or d blue or d green or whatever your whatever your verbal cue is to sig to represent or or allow them to know that hey this is the defense I want you guys to run now. And then when they hear that call, they're like, oh, he wants us to run our rotational defense. Oh, he probably thinks they're, they're tipping to the setter, so he wants us to do this. Or if, you, you know, whatever you say, if if you yell a, a play call where you want them to bunch, oh, the players are probably going to think, oh, well, he's he's yelling a bunch, which means he wants us to uh, bunch because they're running middle more. And, you know, like, there's a reason why. So your players now understand why you're calling that out, and you need to do that. The players are not going to do it on their own. You need to make that play call to let them know this is the defense you want to set up accordingly. So that way you can maximize your chances of digging the ball and stopping the ball firsthand. So we have a lot of hand signals that we can do, and we have a lot of one word verbal cues that we can do. And this is the reason why we do that to communicate more efficiently with our players, to enable them to be more efficient on the court as well. And strategy wise, like you strategically, you're a coach. And if you want to make in-game adjustments, instead of burning a timeout to do that, if you have these play calls already in your playbook and your team knows what these play calls are and the key words associated with these play calls or the signals associated with these play calls, then your team will run much more efficiently on the court. But this is something you do prior to your games understanding what is going to work for your team and you can go really complicated and you can also go really simple and sometimes honestly simple is better simple is honestly better and you judge your league and what you need to do to win and that's how you go about making your playbook so i guess this is a uh, in a way too this episode is talking a little bit about your playbook too i, I, I can uh, i'm gonna talk maybe i'll do another episode completely about um offensive playbook and defensive playbook and how to go about setting it up because I think that's a great conversation to have and I'm actually going to make a note of that right now before I forget but having a playbook is definitely something that is um I think is important and I'm just making a note right now before I forget playbook podcast episode there I just made a note on my phone yeah having a playbook is really important and it's it's good to you know I mean if you're at the younger younger age group where you're just working on the fundamentals don't worry about it but once you get to the once you once you start playing some volleyball where there's some rallying there's some strategy there's some attacking involved then you definitely want to have a playbook and I don't care if it's as simple as two plays quick attack 
and 30. Doesn't matter if it's just those two plays. That's a playbook, and it's an effective playbook. So I would definitely uh, do that. All right. So just to recap really quickly, we talked about the setter signals. And again, there is, you know, nine or 10 different formations of your fingers that I talked about from the quick attack to 30 to tandem, special play, back quick, shoot, X, uh, pipe, you know, there's all these different ones. Um, then we talked about uh, the the middle blocker. So signaling the backcourt to where they're taking away so their defense can go accordingly, especially the player in position six. Then we talked about the serving. You can signal where you want the server to serve uh, coaches can do this and players can do this as well on the court and then we talked about one word verbal cues whether you want to use a color a number sequence it doesn't matter um, as long as your your that language is consistent with your team and it's a simple simple language but no more than one word you know red blue go tempo hut d1 uh well d one's kind of to, I guess, but you get what I'm saying, right? Uh, simple, simple things like that will help your offense and your defense be more efficient on the court. All right. So that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, uh, head on over to digitalvolleyball.com if you're interested in signing up for the waitlist for my membership. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity for you to get to work with over 200 coaches uh, who are going along the same journey as you are, as well as getting uh, inside my gym and getting my mentorship and whatever I can do to honestly help you, I'm willing to do. So that's it. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.